Hi everyone, I'm Margot Faraci. Welcome to Heart and Hustle, How to Thrive in a Crisis. Now today I'm talking with Alexandra Smart. She's the co-founder and managing director of Ginger and Smart. Founded in 2002, the inspiration to establish Ginger and Smart came from the desire to combine family talent and build a strong fashion lifestyle brand. With Alexandra's creative business background as an editor and publisher for high-quality lifestyle magazines, combined with her sister Genevieve's years spent at the design helm of some of Australia's most successful fashion businesses, the United Industry Knowledge covered every possibility for a successful and exciting fashion venture. The brand is sold across Australia in both standalone boutiques and in David Jones. Thanks for making the time to join us today, Alexandra. You're very welcome. A huge congratulations first, actually, because I understand you're about to celebrate 20 years in business to the point where you are really Australian fashion royalty. So that's huge. Congratulations. I imagine it's been a long journey and full of different decisions. It sounds to me like you've had some things you've been thinking about in leading the industry that have really accelerated during uh, the COVID crisis, but also some changes you've had to make quickly because of the COVID crisis. Can you tell us what you've done? Sure. You know, it's funny, it's a little bit like childbirth. When you're in the middle of it, it's hell, and then you come <laughs> out the other side and it's um, you just keep going. <laughs> oh, that's not a very glamorous analogy, but it, it's kind of the truth. I mean, when, when it all first started to hit, it was very, very difficult um, for our industry, in particular fashion, um, event fashion, workwear. I mean, who suddenly needed that? So we went through, you know, the same kind of... Uh, hiccups and ups and downs there's a lot of people in our industry and that is closing up boutiques and standing down staff and then having to roll it all back up again six weeks later and then Melbourne so look it's been a real trip and and not an easy one but you know we've got a fantastic team who have really stuck by us and have just been exemplary um, courageous women at the moment uh, We've all, we've all uh, got women at the moment, but, you know, just in, in, taking a moment really to remember how amazing they've been. But what COVID's done, I think, is really allow us to hone in on one of the key pillars that's been in our business for a while, really, and that's the sustainability journey we've been on, which started in 2008 when we were um, became ethically accredited. Um, and so ethical trade has been a really important um, part of our process, production process now since since then. And the sustainability journey that we were on pre-COVID was, was really um, a great thing to do for the business from, from an ethical standpoint, from a um, purpose standpoint, but probably wasn't resonating with customers as much as we would have liked it to. But since the fires and COVID, it's really become a really important part of what we do and our messaging and it's very important to our community to our customers and so we really had to find a way to speak that language uh, that that resonates with the customer and be position ourselves as leaders in this space because you now have all of your um all uh, 100% of your materials are now sustainably sourced is that right that's correct so our spring collection which is just delivered into store in the last week or so is 100% sustainably sourced this is a real leadership position well it is because and it's not an easy thing to do the only reason we've been able to do this is because we've been so focused um on this since you know the last five years mm -hmm. and you know to the technology and in, in fabric and and production process has helped us achieve this as well mm -hmm. really the the industry has moved forward a long way 
um, from that standpoint and we've been able to go on that journey as well. Mm. But to embed a sustainability, a, a true sustainability position through the business takes an awful lot of um, IP and time and technology. So we're just really lucky that we're at the forefront of that and in hindsight even luckier. So that, that's that been um, a real focus. And then it's how you message that to the customer. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, not just in fashion, are, are jumping on that bandwagon, which is actually a really good thing. But mm. then how do you um, stand out? Yeah, in the marketplace with that messaging. So that's our current challenge. And that's so the distinction is it was important to you since 2008 and you've worked on it relentlessly since then, but it's now important to the people buying mm. because of what's happened, the bushfires and now COVID. You've also had to adapt your range. Can you tell us about that? Well, one of the biggest issues that we had as COVID hit was the fact that our brand and our product offering was mostly event wear, so races, weddings and so forth. Remember those? No. <laughs> and and workwear. So, you know, corporate um, workwear for women. And so suddenly there wasn't a huge demand for that. So on top of everything else, that was a really big issue we had to address quickly. Mm. And, of course, the opportunity in all of that has been to widen our product offering. And so now we are wanting to be in our customers' wardrobe in more ways than one. And that's weekend that's you know much more relaxed part of her day it's picking up the kids it's having coffee with friends Mm -hmm. it's you know sitting on a zoom call and looking terrific on the top half but relaxed on the bottom half we call it smart casual Mm -hmm. and it's that idea where you can really dress a casual pant with a more dressed top silk shirt with a casual pants kind of our go-to in this current Mm -hmm. period and so there's lots of different options that that we've been able to introduce into the collection which means that we're much more relevant to our customer now and that's not a quick process in fashion you know you're often working nine months ahead it's a bit like birthing a child back to that analogy again and so it it can be difficult to be nimble but we've worked really really hard at it and so our next collection's got a lot more um i guess very varied offerings within the collection so hard work in there and and being agile so important in a Mm. crisis i wonder too when you were what resistance emotionally there was in making that, in adapting your business that way. Was there a moment where you uh, you said to each other, but that's not who we are, we're events where, or was it really simple? No, it was really simple. Okay. It, it, in actual fact, um, it sits with us a lot better emotionally and, and from a business perspective to have a wider offering for our customer because that's our lives too. Okay. And... I think it's going to be casualization of the workforce yeah. is going to be much more prevalent moving forward. And that idea that you just buy a dress and wear it to a wedding and never wear it again flies in the face of our sustainability message. What we're trying to do is to, um, I guess, style our customers and into the way of thinking of building a wardrobe for a long while to come. When you buy that dress, find three other ways to wear it, with trainers, to work, Mm -hmm. to an event. Uh, And that allows you to build a much more sustainable wardrobe just in your own home. So it's not just sourcing sustainably. It's not just, you know, helping the planet. It's really about how to encourage women to be thinking about the longevity of their wardrobe and how they can mix and match and dress up and dress down. And, um, and you you know, that's, that's the good fun part of all of this. Yeah at the end of the day. Absolutely. Changing tack for a second, 
Um, some time ago, you sold part of your business to private equity interests, and I'm thinking there might be some listeners out there who are thinking about the same thing. What advice would you give them? What was the reason behind that? Did you have to make any compromises? And what it's what has it meant for you um, running your business now with a partner? The reason that we uh, wanted to bring in partners was principally because we had gotten the business to a size where um, we couldn't really push it forward. Um, in, in pre-COVID retail times to take on bank guarantees and play with the mm. Westfields and the big people required a lot of capital. And um, Genevieve and I had been running the business um, and you know, had a great vision for it, but knew we needed to bring in partners to help us get the brand to the next stage. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't want to do it that way for another 20 years. We wanted to you know, take it on and really push as hard as we could with the vision that we had had for so long. And um, it was just really a matter of wanting to play in the bigger league and we knew we needed to bring partners on, not just from a you know capital requirement perspective, but also you know new ways of doing things. Um, we've learned so much in the last 12 months. What have you learned? What's it given you? Yeah, well, um, lot, lots of really interesting things. And, and it was just at the right time because when you've been doing something for a really long time, as we both have, you know, you kind of get used to doing things mm. in a certain way. And so it's great to learn how other people think and, and bring their expertise to the table. And, you know, we've learned so much, you know, from a financial perspective, from a retailing perspective, um, from a brand perspective. And so it's just really we've been able to bolt in other people's expertise and ways of doing things into what we do. And we, we're very open and collaborative to that. We, we really knew that going into a partnership with another group was going to be that was going to be a necessity Mm -hmm. in the in the process of change Mm -hmm. and so you know I've I've actually and I know Jen has too really enjoyed that part of the partnership is you know really just reconsidering how you do things I I love your enthusiasm for it there must have been a process of letting go because this is your baby let's go with the baby analogy why not this is this is your baby jointly so there must have been a process of letting go of that for you both Yes, there has, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, speaking for myself, I mean, I just keep reminding myself when I have feelings of, you know, but wait, this is how we've done it for ages, um, that, you know, we did this for a reason. Yeah. And sometimes I just have to step back and r- remind myself of that and then you, you get to move forward. But I guess we went in with really eyes open, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't... Um, at all, there's been no surprises. There's just been that's important positive outcomes, and I think that that's why, why we're getting really good momentum now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was really good for the team to um, to bring in people around us to help move us all forward mm-hmm. because there's finite energy and finite resources, and you know the business and the brand and. The team, <clears throat> Jen and I, founders, you know, we, we all needed that extra push and bolt of energy to get us to the next stage. What we didn't need was COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but look what it's given you. It sounds like you've broadened your range and it doesn't sound like you'll be going back. You're not, you're not thinking about, we've talked about this 
um, people rebounding from COVID, what we're finding is that actually those who see the opportunity are not rebounding, they're going beyond where they were. They're not going back to where they were. They're seeing the opportunity to go beyond. It sounds like that. What's, that's what's going to happen for you guys. Yes, and and it's not just with widening the wardrobe either. Yeah. I mean, the other two real pillars of, of strategy for us is around digital. Yeah. So really driving our business uh, online. Mm-hmm. And and we were doing that anyway, but there's a real push now mm. um, as, as customers have just gravitated there in COVID and we don't see them coming out of the mm. online experience. In fact, we just have to enhance it. Well, the easier you make it, that's yeah, right. The more there'll be, yeah. For us, it's about um, replicating the boutique experience when you come in and you're styled and, and, and well, you know, looked after and giving them that experience online. Mm. And in, in the fashion world, that's not easy. Mm. Um, so it's about trying to find ways to really make the online experience really exciting. Mm-hmm. And then the other pillar that we're really looking at, and there's so many more opportunities now, is the brand experience widening our um, appeal and customer base from where we've been. Um, and driving that through, you know, retail experiences, brand experiences, looking at different ways to be more nimble within the retail environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's what we're really focused on now. It's exciting. Now, we're all working from home. Um, and let's face it, probably collectively dropping our standards on how we look. I suspect being you and being in the industry you're in and being as passionate as you are about what you do, I suspect you're going to tell us why it's important for us to continue to have high standards about how we look, even when we're working from home. Am I right on that? (laughs) Yes, yes, you're right on that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, for us, when we're asked this question, it's about a great jacket, because a jacket always makes women especially look just smart, casual. And finished. Finished. It's like an armour. Yeah. You know, it's like when you walk into the boardroom, You want an armor. You want to be able to take everybody on and, mm-hmm. and impress. And for me, a jacket with always does that. And principally, I think to your point about not dropping standards, the the truth is is that you know from a brand um, personal brand perspective, mm. you know we're, we're all going to end up working back together again at some point. Mm. And you want to maintain your brand um, personality and maintain your empowerment around all of that. Mm-hmm. So keeping standards up, I guess, in this funny Zoom world that we live in is important to that. I think it is. And absolutely, the days that I get on the Zoom, when I've put put in more effort than others, I certainly feel that. And the rare days I've been into the office, I've actually really enjoyed getting ready. There's one question I ask everyone. Everyone was supposed to be going somewhere this year. They're not. They're staying here and hopefully spending a whole lot of money on Australian fashion and particularly on leaders in Australian fashion like Ginger and Smart. Where were you supposed to go this year and why and what are you doing instead? Well, this year I had a significant birthday and I had plans in May to go to Morocco. So as disappointed as I am about that because travel's really important to me and, and always has been my whole life. I think it's a great opportunity to discover our beautiful back garden and to go on bike rides and discover neighbourhoods and support local business, which is a big passion of mine, and to support the cafe owners and the bakeries and the restaurants and the local tourist attractions because um, this is when they need us most. And I think it's so important to support Australian fashion but also support Australian small business, and this is our opportunity to do that. Here, here, Alexandra Smart. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I hope from this you've got some ideas and some themes about how to thrive in a crisis. Now, you can definitely hit the subscribe button if you want to hear more of the show and give us a rating as well. Thanks again for listening. See you soon. Mm-hmm.